Hello, everybody. This is Wes Verdine in the 551 Podcast. This is a special Wes Free edition of the 551 Podcast. I took the week off so I could work on another project and uh, so that these guys could, um, I don't know what the hell they're about to do. I think they're about to talk about Star Wars. And while I am a fan of a Star Wars, sometimes some Star Wars, uh, I, I completely shut off every time these uh, nerds um, start talking about it. So I, I promised them that they could have a, a, just a straight up Star War episode. Um, I want to just take the quick second to say that the Euros are starting up this Friday. I'm going to be open for all the Euro games. We're going to do happy hour during all of the games. I will be there at 8 a.m. drinking rum chata coffee and uh, trying to uh, trying to love the best I can out of Ukraine versus North Macedonia or what, whatever is about to happen. Please come stop by. Come uh, watch some games with me. And, uh, and anyway, enjoy whatever the hell is about to happen on this podcast. Bienvenidos a otro episodio del 5551 Pod. Yo me llamo Westbrook. Aquí estoy con mis compatriotas del fútbol para hablar nada más solamente del fútbol, fútbol y Star Wars. Aquí tenemos al famoso Corey Shrapple y al otro famoso, nuestro señor de los relojes, señor Mark Fangmeyer. ¿Cómo están, muchachos? I'm doing great. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah, that's trying to figure out yeah. which Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a. I, I have never heard a more accurate Westbrookine uh, impression in my entire life. Uh, welcome everyone to the Fifty Five One podcast. As if uh, you haven't guessed already, Dad is uh, handing over the car to the kids, and um, yeah, we've got a couple of things to talk about. Mark and Rodrigo are here. Mark, how are you, my friend? I am doing pretty fantastic. How about you? I am doing just fine. And uh, we already know that Rodrigo is sounding energetic as usual. Uh, let's get right into it. We got a couple of things to talk about uh, right off the top. Uh, some good news. Uh, the Athletic is reporting that the USL is developing a women's league that is launching in 2022. Uh, rumors... Uh, that are a little vague uh, is that Minnesota will be launching a team and the segment of that uh, article says while the bulk of the league's founding eight teams remain unknown the athletic has learned the exact identity of at least two of them an independent club in Minnesota and a team based in Washington DC the group in Minnesota will be the one club among the initial eight with no prior presence in the USL ecosystem. Uh, this club is women-led and will feature fan ownership and are expected to announce further details at an in-market event later this week. So that might be right around the time this pod releases on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, and uh, but maybe after that. Um, I think this is pretty fantastic. I think we've all been itching for a women's league uh, whether it's MLS, Minnesota United adjacent or independent, and it sounds like it might be the latter. And I think that's about all we know at this point. It's pretty awesome. I am very excited about the um, fan ownership part of that uh, little snippet right there because I would love nothing more than to drop down some season ticket bucks on some uh, owning a part of a women's USL club. I think it'd be kind of awesome. 100%. And it sounds like this is going to be similar to the USL League 2, where it's more pre-professional uh, emphasis on player and coaching development. So I think this is going to be a really great outlet. Uh, and it sounds like there could be upwards of almost, what, 30 teams involved? Yeah, it'd be great. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, we got some bad as well, depending on how you uh, perceive it. Yeah, it's it. bad based on your perspective. Like if you're um, if you're a big fan of um, soccer in Aruba, uh, it was a, not a good weekend for you. Uh, Dane St. Clair, uh, he made his first start uh, ever for the Canadian uh, senior men's national team, and uh, Canada kind of took it to Aruba and they won seven, nothing, which the funny part about this match is that, um, so a couple years ago, um, Miss United opened a futsal court by our house in a park 
And um, with some of their events they did, Dane St. Clair and like, I think Chase Gasper came out to the park. And so uh, my daughter, who's now four, Wilhelmina, uh, she spent like 15 minutes just kicking around a soccer ball with Dane St. Clair at the court or the foot, uh, what she calls her soccer court. And um, on like Saturday morning, I was like, oh, they played on Friday night. Like, Wilhelmina, let me turn this game on. You can see uh, the Miss United player that you um, played soccer with at your park on TV. Uh, playing for Canada. She's like, okay. And we turn it on and literally Canada dominated possession so much that we like from like the 15 minutes we were watching, we never saw him on screen because so much possession was in Aruba's half. Yeah. That, I was like, going to, I was going to ask the Dane, like it's a seven nil score. Did Dane even have to make any saves? No. I mean, I think I saw him like pick off a pretty easy cross that just kind of like floated into like the six yard box. And that was about it. And I think that was like maybe one of the three touches I saw him do on the ball in like the 40 minutes I watched of this match. So, but it was um, fun to watch uh, Alfonso Davies just bring it to Aruba. It was, it was kind of sad. I felt kind of bad for him, but it was still pretty awesome. That's incredible. Um, weird. Uh, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the, the big news uh, in CONCACAF. Uh, craziest match we've seen in a long time, U.S. versus Mexico, which should always be just an absolute spectacle. It's it, They should have an off-Broadway musical that's based off of this, but let's talk about this. USA defeats Me- Mexico in CONCACAF champ- uh, Na- Nations League final, uh, 3-2 in extra time. Um, I mean, it's the champions of the nations. Like, it's really, it's the Champions League of the nations. Like, the Champions Nations League, the Nations of Champion League. We can keep track of finals. the names of all of these uh, made-up Yeah, I mean, it, this, is, this is a massively historical competition that we've been competing in for years and years. And uh, we finally had Mexico's number. Let's talk about it. Like, uh, what, what do we want to say about this match? If you ever wrote a script for a Netflix soccer show, this is it. Like, this is literally it. It had everything you ever wanted to and even more. So if you start with just the beginning, because you have two people who hate playing against each other in Colorado. And not only do you have a defensive mistake that lets, um, you know, let's, let's Mexico score the first goal within like the first 79 seconds that's that was nuts that was that was one of those things that you 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 were like oh this is gonna be it and then you have um Gio Reyna score the equalizer after Weston McKinney header that hits the hits the goal post and then that was off of a a Christian Pulisic corner kick Mm -hmm. came in Weston McKinney who was dominant on all of the set pieces hit it into the far post, went, you know, header off of the far post and, and uh, Gio Reyna's at the uh, front of the box just to tap that in because he was yeah. alert. I think my favorite thing of that whole sequence was the fact that they saw, um, uh, they, they, their camera focused in on Claudio Reyna and the family celebrating his goal. And I was like, ah, the things Claudio couldn't do for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, I, I remember, you know, some of my early U.S. men's national team matches, like some of my favorite moments, like even more recently when, you know, that that Michael Bradley midfield chip against Mexico, um, stuff like that, where, you know, or when the the first time that we played Mexico after uh, not qualifying for the World Cup and Matt Miazga just totally uh, shithousing on Diego, uh, was it Lanez? Lanez? Um yeah, it just that came it, back to bite him in the butt. It this totally game, so. did. Like it's just like someone. I think someone was saying like that that match in particular, Miazga just just trashing him is like like an evil supervillain's origin story where <laughs> she's gonna come back and kick our ass. And that, and that proved to be the point. So like we we came back and we equalized, and then Diego came on what seventy fourth minute or something like that and scored within two minutes. And, yeah. then, and then, uh, you know, we, we, again, we, had, we and then we came back and we scored two minutes after that. And yeah. right, but this, but then we first before that we had the Stefan injury to his knee right. that was like. Right. Do we have we have we heard anything else about that? I mean, it seems like it was it's probably a, like a knee sprain or an AC, maybe a, as as bad as an ACL. But I mean, it was non fairly non-contact. I mean, yeah, there's no contact. and he wasn't even running hard either. Like he no. was like at a jog, like it, it almost, I was like, Oh, is that turf toe? What'd you do? Yeah. So he went out around what? 60, 60 something minute. And then, uh, 
the youngest child from Malcolm in the Middle, uh, who is all grown up, Ethan Horvath. Uh, oh my God. Came in and uh, Dude I, Never I Smiles. I like, I can't see it. I was just so. waiting for like the the bobby pins that keep his skin attached to his robot face just starting to peel off. Yeah. Um, but he came in. He had I, like he was pretty good. What would you think? He looked great, and the the best part. I mean, he had like it's actually interesting. Like the um uh, Mexico's second goal was his first shot on goal. So like they scored on their first shot on goal on him, and then after that he was just and there was nothing he could do about that anyways. But after that he was just lights out, just saving everywhere. Yeah. And then of course you know he gets and saves the PK. But my favorite part is that I did not know this is that he actually grew up in the suburbs of Denver. So this is like the dream. Like yeah. comes on for this, his country in his hometown, saves the game. Like. It's amazing. It's uh, you can't write a better story than that. And then yeah, it's go ahead, Rodrigo. Yeah, no, I was just saying it's it's just that Issa um, Watch um, had been, has been watching Studio Ghibli, and then there's a Castle in the Sky character that's a robot that looks just like him. <laughs> and, and and whenever she tweeted that out, I just can't unsee it. But no, I mean, I think after he got the jitters out, he he's very well um, positioned and like he's good at blocking PKs. Yeah, and and the, and the thing that I that I noticed right away is his distribution is really accurate, um, and and seems like a little bit better than Stefan, and he just wasn't. Oh, like, was, yeah, go it ahead. It was a lot better. Than, it was a lot better than Zach Stefan. Yeah. Like, I thought his distribution was kind of poor, actually. But like, yeah, he came on this, and it was also. And I don't know if it was just because it was a change in tactics, but it seemed like once he came on. There was a lot less of the whole like short goal kicks. Let's play it like well. I think, out yeah, I on, think that yeah, was a purely tactical thing. I mean, once uh, you know, after halftime, they were playing out of the back a little bit less. Um, and uh, yeah, but anyway, like let let's talk about all the other things that were scripted in there because we're kind of going off the rails a little bit, which is great. Exactly like the game uh, goes to extra time. You know, we we get a Weston McKenney finally gets his goal off of a header. He was just absolutely dominant on all set pieces. And then, um, you know, we go to extra time. We go to the second uh, extra time, and uh, VAR Christian Polistic goes down in the box. VAR happens. Tata Martino gets a red card for putting his his arm around the uh, the ref. That was uh, precious. Which is amazing. It's exactly, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like when you like going to go hug a friend and like, he's yeah. like, Tato's hanging right around his shoulder yeah. and just watching the VAR screen at the same time. And that was his impression. It was, and, it was, he, he, got, and he got the red card while Burhalter had his arm around <laughs> Tata. Even better. It's like everyone, like it's just one big group hug and Tata gets the red it card. Was, it was absolutely incredible. And uh, eventually the PK goes the US's way. Christian Pulisic uh, puts it in the top of the net uh gets a great pk yeah that was uh, a great well-taken pk taunts the uh taunts the mexico fans um <laughs> Gio Reina Gio Reina gets smashed concussed by uh, uh and they they arrested whoever threw that at him they announced ugh. today that he's that whoever threw that has been arrested and is gonna be charged with assault on Gio Reina. well you know Dang. but uh two or three minutes later mexico gets uh there's a usa uh handball in the box mexico gets a pk saved by ethan horvath and uh and then it was just theatrics for the next you know seven, seven minutes, nine so minutes. We, had, we had everything like they stopped the game because of the homophobic chance yep. stuff were thrown not only at u.s players but at mexican players the mexican player got hit in the face yep we had a we had a uh a coach get thrown out with a red card oh um, there was the um the throat grabbing the throat grabbing the that mckinney throat grab yep yep yeah, there's the uh, the double cleating like s- slide tackle that didn't get called for a card. Right, yep. and then there was um, what else was there? There was the well, we had the two PKs, right? There was yep. VAR. VAR was three, three, somehow. three VARs total. Yeah, because there, there was a goal that was called back too. Right, yep. that was called, that was called back. Piece, that was yep. the, the set piece. And then um, what else was there? Well, let's see. And there was I mean, we, we just had save. we just had extra time. We had we had everything, and it was oh, and then oh, we there, had there was a couple. Time, at halftime, you had the 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 fan jump into like the, the, the productions. The, yeah, the the production booth for for Paramount Plus for CBS. Right, and then like all of a sudden he's getting chased and he just jumps over the ledge. Yeah, and he disappears. And, it's and like, I was my, like, my favorite tweet is, "Is this man still alive?" Yeah, I was, thinking, I was like, this. 
Uh, and then you have someone storm the field, like literally towards the end of the game. Yeah, it was it. You you couldn't have scripted it better. Better. It was a great win for the U.S. Um, to show some grit and um, resilience. I think it's a it's a great moment for the team. It's exactly what we needed going into World Cup qualifying in eighty some days now. But um, it was great. It was absolutely bananas. Totally worth staying up past my bedtime for and. Uh, it was great, uh, Mark. Yeah, just generally speaking, it was nice to have fun watching the U.S. men's national team again. Like, yeah. there's been so much not fun times watching them in the last couple of years that it was nice to just like, even if we would have lost that, that was just a super ridiculous fun game to watch. I, and I attribute a lot of that to Weston McKenney's like facial expressions. They're just <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. Um, well, I think I think we pretty much covered all of the good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, we got some special sauce for you. Welcome back to the 551 podcast. If you haven't guessed by our cheap, royalty free knockoff, uh, we uh, are going to talk about some Star Wars stuff. A uh, little background here a lot of our Patreon and uh, subscribers and Twitter friends continue to ask us soccer related Star Wars questions and have uh, loved our tangents toward the end of episodes that Wes. Um, tends to tolerate uh, tolerate is probably the the, yeah. the best way to describe it um so we're gonna dig into some uh, star wars soccer venn diagram things but uh one of the first questions that we got uh was from uh one 13 12 left sharks at looney shark what is the sport of the working class in star wars it can't be pod racing that is for rich jerks uh mark you did some incredible research here do you want to walk us through uh what you discovered based on the uh the the sporting world of the star wars universe yeah no and i totally agree like pod racing is i mean the amount of money it takes to own a pod and get into that it's 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 not approachable for the working man so uh what it is i'd looked into and tried to find and since this is a soccer podcast i wanted to find the best star wars sports that use balls pretty much is what i'm going with here and i found some examples there is um i don't know how familiar you guys are with shock ball but um, shock ball is a sport that's played in the Star Wars uh, galaxy. And uh, the point of shock ball is trying to stun members of the opposing team by uh, in a, with an electrically charged ball. And the game gets decided by the number of players who are still conscience, conscious when the game ends. So there's shock ball, which is one. Uh, there's Wegg Sphere, which uh, this is the official sport of the Galactic Empire's New Order. Uh, and the ball... Uh, the, the ball sport features two teams playing in a low gravity field where they have to place the ball into the opponent's goal. So it sounds kind of like soccer, but you jump around more maybe with, well, here, so it's, or it could be basketball. Yeah. Like it's or polo it, yeah, without it's, water. It's, it's Weg spear W E G sphere. Like, is that a, is that like a W sound or is it like a German, like Weg spear? Like, is it, is I don't know. Like, is, is there German pronunciation in the star Wars? I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I don't There's know. There's definitely either. like nine types of, uh, British or colonial yeah. English, you know, there is, there's a lot of, like, apparently uh, yeah, in star Wars, like, yeah, totally. Well, if you're, if you're, styles if you're of, from, if you're from Coruscant, definitely. For yeah. Sure. There's or the, the, you know, the, let uh, me get this straight. Yeah. So shock ball literally is, uh, um, dodgeball, but with, uh, stunt balls. Right. Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. It's like if, if you turn a stun gun into a ball and play dodgeball with it, that is shock ball, which I kind of feel is pretty awesome. And then going on, there's also uh, grav ball, 
which is also known as Zomball. And uh, this is an indoor sport. It's originated on the core world of Nubia. And the sport is played in teams of four who are outfitted with hover boots. And they bounce around in a three-dimensional field. And players are allowed to use all the walls and even other players to launch themselves around. So there's that one. But I think as far as like what is the true working class sport of Star Wars, you can get more working class than... Nunaball. So, Nunaball, you might remember on uh, episode two when uh, Obi Wan and Anakin run into a bar. I think they're are they chasing are they chasing an assassin? I th- think that's why they I go to a bar. Are. I believe that is correct. And um, on the big screen, there's what looks like a bunch of droids running around on a field, and that is called Nunaball. And the reason it's called Nunaball is because um, originally the Gungans on um, Naboo uh, created this sport. And its popularity quickly spread across the entire galaxy. And it's very similar to American football or soccer. Maybe. I don't actually know. I I assume so. It kind of is. But what makes it unique is that um, instead of a ball, they use a rodent. And that rodent is called a Nuna. Uh, And Nunas are um, basically, when they get angry, they are able to inflate themselves kind of like a puffer fish. And that's what they use as a ball. And it turns out that they're excellent balls. And um, one reason, and the sport, um, it's not without controversy because there has been, have been multiple protests organized by the Committee Against Non-Sentient Abuse, which is basically the galactic version of PETA. And they're not fans of Nunaball. And additionally, um, and one reason why it's become such a big sport is that uh, it's now, it's performed strictly with droids who are chasing around the Nuna. And with that, it keeps the cost low. So it's actually the most uh, lucrative as far as making money off the sport goes. And that has kind of enraged. There is an organization um, in uh, called the uh, Bi- Biological Athletes Union who are living athletes. And they are not happy that they are not allowed to play uh, Nuna ball. This- but... Yeah, it's complicated, I mean, but I believe it's the biggest sport. Do we, do in we the think galaxy. that? I mean, I know it was a long time ago, uh, but do you think that this is like what Sepp Blatter was doing in a previous uh, a, a previous life? He was just uh, being this horrible federation lead that decided to uh, stop paying real people and start using droids and. Uh, just trying to make it all about profits rather than the game. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, I mean, Sepp Blatter would be like the perfect head of the trade federation. <laughs> just, just be the perfect so, super uh, league. Oh yeah. Uh, it's true. This is a super league. Like this is a total super league move. <laughs> Nuna ball is, is the, uh, is the super league. It's uh, the future of super league. Yeah. You know, my favorite out of all these, and because I'm biased, um, it would be grab ball or zone ball just because it was created in a world uh, where uh, happens to share the same name as my wife, Nubia. So that'd be really cool. It'd be like I play grab ball. So I'm gonna have to look that up and and, and see if I can uh, create some sort of hoover boat boots and, and and see if I can bounce or just get a trampoline and try to figure out how to play that in different levels. Like so. just get it'll some, just, get it'll some just be the three of shoes. It'll be the three of us with hoverboards, and we're just gonna go around a futsal court and just fall and just break our wrist. <laughs> That's just not what we're gonna do. We're just gonna wrap ourselves in bubble wrap. Uh, well, thank you, Mark. Uh, that was uh, delightfully. Um, I, I don't. I don't even know. That was. I, I learned a lot. Uh, I will not retain any of it, but uh, thank you for that. Uh, let's get into the meat of it. Uh, we've all decided to put together probably what is uh, the most common question that we get. We don't get it that often. We're just making it up. Um, what would your Star Wars starting 11 be? And uh, include a manager if you want. Uh, who wants to take this first? Anyone? Yeah. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go like position by position and we'll talk it through I, that way or how do you want to do it? Well, I well, say, let's, let's, should we start by formation first? What yeah. Formation so, are we using? so, so yeah, I mean, I guess we could just walk all, all the way through it. Uh, yeah, let's go through our formation. So I, um, I'm using a four, uh, a four, one, four, one, um, just cause I'm trying to get the, the players that I want on the field and we'll go, we'll go through it later, but Mark, uh, what, what, what formation you, you planning? I went with a four, two, three, one. Excellent. True Adrian, Adrian Heath fashion. Uh, Rodrigo. Yeah. I went with a 4-5-1. Okay. 
Ooh, I like it. I like it. Stack the midfield. Um, do we want to start from the back and work our way up to striker, or do we want to uh, go yeah, go front to back? Okay, so uh, let let's start with goalkeeper. Uh, who do we got at goalkeeper? I will go first. I have, and this is so. I tried to stick to like mostly guys on the light side of things, um, but there's some gray area in there. So um, this is kind of the gray area. I went with um, for my goalkeeper. Uh, former Jedi Master General Pong Krell. So if you remember him, he is, um, is it Besselisk, I believe is how you pronounce his species. Uh, he's got four arms. He's the same guy. He's the same species as um, the diner owner, um, Dexter Jester. That, um, oh, oh uh, don't you know the diner owner guy, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so he's the same. But the thing is, he's a Jedi master and he's actually able, he's one of the only few people that's able to wield uh, two double lightsabers because he has four arms. And I figure between that and the agility of like, being a Jedi master, I feel like having four arms, that would just really help you out quite a bit. But there is like the whole, you know, when he sacrificed the clone soldiers to impress Count Dooku thing, that is kind of yeah. not make it for your best teammate, but I still think he would do pretty well as you a need a little, You need a little bit of uh, dark arts. I mean, that's Harry Potter um, to, to, to be in goal. But I mean, really, so you just kind of picked the Goro of the Star Wars universe to, uh, yeah, to be in goal. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I went a little bit more traditional with my lineup um, just to cater to the non uh, Star Wars fan people. Um, and I went pretty traditional and picked uh, Vader in goal. Um, mainly, he's giant. Uh, he's pretty fast, uh, you know, for being in an 800 pound suit. Um, he's going to force choke every ball that's going to come in into goal. And, he could play uh, for Mexico. He could totally play. <laughs> <laughs> Vader is the David Ochoa. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's uh, he's going to kick the ball right into uh, a fan, uh, uh, a stand of younglings um, at the end. But uh, yeah, I put Vader in goal. Just I want brute force and just uh, destroys everything that comes in his path. I went with the right answer, which is jab at the hut because everything in his path, he'll just eat. So he'll just fill up the goal. You won't be able to score at all. Everything else would just be consumed by him. Just and literally physically blocking. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Uh, let's move on to, I mean, uh, we all have a four, a four man back line. Um, do we, let's start with our center backs. Um, if, if applicable, applicable there, um, I'll go with my center back pairing, uh, left center back is chewy. I think just size and the length of his limbs. Uh, and he's pretty quick and he's got a lot of self awareness of the game around him. Um, Pairing with Chewie as right setter back is none other than Boba Fett. Um, I wanted someone to be a little bit n- more nimble, so that way he could play a little, little more forward where Chewie is more of a stay-at-home center back. Um, he'll help get the ball forward, and that'll make more sense when I reveal my right back. And uh, Mark, what you got? I also have... Um for one of my center backs, I also have Chewy as one of my center backs, which I mean, I, I talked about last week on the podcast as well. So, I mean, no surprise there. Um, and then it was funny. I was trying to think like, I was trying to think of who in Star Wars is the most Michael Boxel like. And I mean, Chewy is pretty close, but I feel like I got it even better. And I'm going with Zeb from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Because he, he just looks like oh, Michael wow. Boxel. I mean, and so I feel like he would be a great center back. That's kind of incredible, and I'm 100% here for that. Rodrigo, what do you got? Well, um, for one of my center backs, I, I had a hard time deciding, but I went with um, General Grievous. Just oh. because you have, you know, he's one of the most annoying villains, and he has four lightsabers. So, like, he has four arms. He's That's bound to come in handy while trying to headlock someone and throw them to the ground and make sure that, you know, do that. I thought also um, I would put, uh, I need someone else to command back there besides uh, my other center back. So I, I figured it'd be Admiral Akbar just because of his experience in the back and be able to command attacks that he would be good at, at directing, um, at directing, 
and and certifying that that center spine of our defense. Uh, as my as my left back, uh, we need someone who can just go or someone that can can get out of trouble. So I pick Finn. I pick Finn. I think I think I think that's Finn, a nice sleeper. That's excellent. I think Finn makes uh makes makes someone, and I think uh, as my right back, someone who's dependable and it's just is willing and everything um uh, everything else that just i um it was chirut inwe aka the force is with me i am with the force and that is my defensive four that uh man you are you are blowing my mind on this one um it's and i kind of wish that uh I, I i changed up a couple of things but uh to transition uh into fullbacks so I had Chewie and Boba Fett as my center backs. Because I had Boba as right center back, my right back is going to be uh, the Mandalorian himself. Um, <clears throat> the two of them, I think, will partner really nicely together. And uh, Mando will definitely just scream up and down that right side as needed, or he'll stay at home and just destroy everything. On the left side, uh, I wanted to give Darth Maul a little bit of love. Uh, the guy's got some speed. He's got some agility. Depending on what leg of his career he's in, he may have mechanical legs. He may not have a torso at all. He may not have any legs. Uh, but he's still going to be fast. He's going to be cunning. You don't know which side he's actually going to be on. Is he going to be a destroyer? Is he going to be, uh, you know, uh, attacking-minded? Either way, I think he's going to be a, uh, a fantastic uh, left back. Uh, Mark, what do you got? I did so since both of my uh, center backs are pretty kind of larger characters. Um, I went with someone because in the four two three one, you need a um, fullbacks that have a lot of mobility, can just really rush downfield, but still have that ability to come back and play defense. So for my uh, left fullback, I went with Ray, and for my right fullback, I went with Ezra, Ezra Bridger, thinking that they could both defend and also get up into the attack and kind of uh, be. Um, useful up there and creating some uh, madness up uh, up top as well. Well, in that four two three one, that's going to be great because they're going to be able to scream up, you know, basically f- serve as wing backs if they need to. Yep. Um, let's let's move to the middle of the park. So this is where our formations start to shift a little bit. Uh, I'm doing a four one four one. You could also almost kind of think of it as like a four three two one, um, depending on how I use my wings. But my number six, my defensive midfielder, is Sagarera. Uh, just, uh, just gonna absolutely protect, uh, his center backs and just wipe the floor with every, everyone that, that comes at him. Uh, he's going to be cunning. He's going to be questionable. He's going to have a little bit of that, uh, that Ozzy Alonzo dark arts kind of like, should he have a card? Should he like not get a card? Um, he's going to be brutal. He will get carded. He'll get at least two red cards a season. Um, but he's just going to be absolutely brutal in that defensive or holding midfielder role. I went very similar, but even more ruthless and more brutal in that. I, and I said this last week, I went with uh, Savage, Darth Maul's brother, because there is nobody who is going to take you down and enjoy taking you down more than he will. And he is just, there's no, no one's going to get through the middle. It's impossible. You cannot do it against him and it's going to be beautiful to watch. Who else? You had a you had you you do, you were doing a four two three one. So who's your who's pairing with that? Uh, right. That yeah. And so with that, I have um I have so I have a number eight, and um again my number eight's become a used to be you know more on the light side. It's getting in that gray area now. I'm going with um I need someone who can just do some pinpoint passes to anybody on the attacking end. But also, I want someone who's able to um, keep you know opposing defenses honest by really being accurate with that that um, great outside shot into the goal. So I'm going with Crosshair, um, former member of Clone Force Six, currently a former member of the Bad Batch, and I figure he would just be the perfect kind of like sharpshooter number eight, keeping everybody honest, uh, connecting the defense to the offense. What do you got, Rodrigo? Um, so we're doing all that whole midfield. So I need to tell you my five midfielders or, I mean, just... you know, uh, lay it out. However you want, give us a couple now, give us a couple later. Okay. All right. Um, as I'll, I will have a, a two sixes 
And so for my six, I um, had trouble trying to figure out who would I want someone just to be able to have someone who's accurate, but also someone who can be a, a destroyer and, and just uh, a total, you know, person that you would totally think. And, and someone that, you know, suggested this and I thought about it a bit and I decided to go with Mace Windu. Oh, yeah. I think Windu uh, has has uh, we all, we've all seen he's one of the few, if not the only, purple lightsaber bearing uh, Jedi, and I figured if he is uh, able to have purple, and you know I'm a big Prince fan, I figured that's the best thing. I mean, pretty much the only the only any person cooler than than Mace Windu is uh, you know Samuel L. Jackson, but that's just about as as so that would be one of my six. My other six, I I, I wanted to be able to be inclusive, and um, and I thought that my best bet for that would be um, a droid. And I thought I wanted to keep it a little bit, so I went with K two SO. I think. Ooh. Oh, that's gonna be good. <laughs> so so I, I'm thinking those two. Uh, one can 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 command leadership positions, and the other one can just be search and destroy, right? And just do what they do. So that would be my two sixes. So um, I I'm gonna move to like my central attacking midfield. Um, so I'm kind of doing a four one four one kind of vibe. Um, so I'll just start start with two of these, and then we'll then we'll move on. Basically, the center of my attack, you could think of them as two number eights. You can think of them as dual tens. You could think of one as a false nine. The other one's a ten, and it's some sort of dynamic uh, creation there. Um, the the pairing that I have in the attacking center of the park is going to be Ahsoka Tano, who is just one of the most brilliant characters in the entire Star Wars universe. I think. Her gray Jedi kind of sensibilities, a little bit on the dark side, a little bit on the light side. She's going to kind of be that box-to-box central midfielder that will be a little bit more attacking-minded. Definitely gets forward when she sees the game moving that way, but can certainly track back and defend like nobody else. And she's got incredible vision to spray the ball out wide, send it over the top to uh, my striker. Um, Pairing with her is going to be a veteran, uh, in the uh, in terms of the, the the Jedi side of things, and that's going to be our classic friend uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. He's going to be a little bit more traditional, a little bit more predictable, or rather just like straightforward. Not going to make a ton of dynamic runs, but we'll have vision. We'll be able to see the game developing before anyone else, and we'll be able to make sensible, kind of pragmatic passes. If Ahsoka wants to get forward, he's going to track back. He can move out wide as needed. Uh, also be a false nine, kind of, uh, you know, to, to throw off the the uh, the attack and kind of split the center backs. But I'll, I'll leave it there as that all. I kind of have two wingers and a striker left. So, uh, Mark, what do you got next? Uh, yeah, I'll go, uh, I'll go with my number 10. So like in my, uh, you know, four, two, three, one, I'm my number 10. And again, I talked about last week, but I have uh, a Saj Ventress just because with her ability, just how she was like first working with Dooku and then just her ability to see things happening and always make out the best situation for herself and just get into good spots. I feel like she's the, the, the key kind of playmaker for this team. And like her, just her ability with the double lightsaber is yeah, I, I see her being a big contributor as far as like, you know, making um, goal scoring opportunities happen. So like, I just kind of see her as the playmaker, just articulating all of that play for my squad. Okay, so I had to think about this. Um, I needed someone to could be instant offense in some sort of way and... and um, and I needed someone to also know when to play defense and when to assess the situation uh, a little bit more. And I and I kept thinking, who would be a good fit for that? And I kept on thinking of it, and I wanted to be someone um, that would be memorable. So I went, but I went, but I went with Django. Nice. Nice. And then I also needed to have my my wild card, my Molino in a sense, the one that can step into a situation, way to be 
a horrible situation and step in and somehow be magical in some sort of sense to pull through. And I couldn't find anyone better than Lando to be able to be in that position. And so that, in its sense, I think fills my my midfield, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. two, four. Yeah, no, we need one more. It's five. Yeah. So, so I did two, four, and then um, I I need a I need some sort of uh, some sort of other winger. And I kept thinking of who would be really cool to have a winner, someone who's who's got great flight experience overall, and. Um, I went with a with an old oldie but goodie, and and I went with um, I went with um, Luke. I thought, if I need someone to to drive an X to do to be a winger, what better than someone who could drive a, a really good X wing? So that's that's when he's yeah. not going to get some power converters at. Uh... Um, but uh, yeah, so I uh, I'll I'll save my striker for last. Um, but my two wingers who will flank Ahsoka and Obi Wan. I'll start on the right wing. I have Ray on the right wing, who will be pairing with Mando. If you're thinking about up and down the right wing, I think it's going to be fast. It's going to be ruthless. I think she has a little bit more finesse uh, than someone like Ahsoka, but I think some of those diagonal balls and those through balls that she'll be getting uh, will be great, and she'll be able to just absolutely destroy whoever the opposing team's left back is. Uh, just nutmegs for days. Um, definitely be... I, I have a feeling like she's left-footed. Like, she's she's like... She's definitely left-footed. She'll, she'll gather the ball, go to the top of the 18, turn her hips, and then uh, hit a curler into the top corner. Um, on the other side is a little bit more traditional up and down because we don't forget um, my left back is Darth Maul. Who's just going to be chaos on the left side. So I wanted somebody with a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a traditional sense, somebody who might be able to send in crosses and control the game on that side. So I have our favorite clone captain, uh, captain Rex. He's going to be my left winger. Uh, it's not going to be about speed, but it's going to be about cunning and it's going to be about smarts. And it's going to be about being able to rip apart the the back line of the opposing team systematically rather than uh, just through brute force or speed or uh, individual skill. He's definitely a team player and will that dynamicism with him and Maul on the left side, I think, will be really interesting. And uh, I'll save my striker for the next uh, go round. Yeah. And I did something similar, too, with like with my uh, my right and left wing i um i definitely kind of did the same thing where i paired them very closely with my fullbacks so uh my right fullback is ezra bridger so my right wing is sabine wren i figured those two would just work beautifully like the overlap the the overlapping runs they'll just they'll know exactly where the other person's going without even having to look there's gonna be some beautiful backheel passes between the two uh and then also on and then similarly on the left side um, although I don't believe as of yet they've met each other, I feel like they could work well together. So I have Ray as, as my left back. So my left wing is, um, Ahsoka Tano. So I figured those two could do very similar things. Like they can complement each other. And I figure that could just be a very key kind of attacking, um, pairing for both of those two out on my wings. So may the force be with them. What do you got, Rodrigo? Um, I mean, I only got my striker left, so um, let's have it. Um, so I I needed someone who could be accurate. I needed someone who was good at shooting. I needed someone who was the best, right? I needed someone because they literally are going to have to um, have to you know be the 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 finisher, and I couldn't come up with a much better finisher than than Paul Dameron. I think Poe, mm. uh, by defying Kylo Ren from the beginning, just just shows that tenacity and, and willing to be to be that that driving force, right? And so, so we always need our forwards to be really dramatic. And I honestly, how how, how more dramatic can you get than than Poe and Dameron uh, defying uh, orders all the time? So that's that is such a good take uh i decided uh rodrigo like you to be inclusive and uh to kind of stir things up a little bit i put a droid as my number nine and i went back to uh solo and i have l337 the who is now the brains of the millennium falcon uh 
wow. as my striker. It's definitely a hold-up striker, kind of a target woman. Uh, don't forget Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the voice of L337. So her wit and her, uh, her kind of sharp dialogue is enough to uh, cut through back lines. And I figure with, you know, having someone like Ahsoka and Obi-Wan underneath and Rey and Rex on the sides, I think there's a lot of dynamic attack around them and they can kind of be a target person. And she's giant and she's super strong and she's going to be everything that you would want in a hold-up striker. And uh, she'll be banging in goals left and right and then, uh, you know, doing the Kessel Run and, uh, you know, record parsecs. That's awesome. I am apparently, unlike the two of you, um, I am no, I am not inclusive and I am no droids rights activists. Uh, not me at all. I have picked no droids for my lineup and my striker will not be a droid. It's, uh, I went with a classic target center forward. He can post people up and he can do the pivot. He can do everything. He can do it all. Uh, I'm going with my man wrecker. All right. Wrecker is going to be my target center forward. He's just going to be the man where he will just He'll be, he'll give you a gentle shove and create that two to three feet of space that he needs, or he'll just run you over to get that header and just put it straight on goal. And it is going to be fantastic. I love, I love the bad batch love. It's, uh, it's topical, uh, but it's also practical. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's, uh, let's go around the horn here. And, uh, I guess I'll start with manager. Um, you know, there's only one general who can, uh, tie a, a ragtag team, of people together and uh, kind of unify the the galaxy, and that is none other than Princess General uh, Leia. And um, I don't think there's anybody that has more smarts than than uh, than she does. And I think she can make um, kind of adaptive tactical moves on the fly and change formations and make appropriate subs and is also just a good uh man manager can also get the best out of the players that she has on the field so leia organa is my manager all right mark what do you have all right i was this is where it was a little bit tough for me i was originally thinking that i would go with a bit of a um, player coach combo, like all of, you know, Wayne Rooney, Rooney at, uh, Derby County throwing in Yoda as our player coach where like, he's most in the sidelines, but he could come in and he can just show everybody up if he needs to. Um, but then I thought, nah, that's just, I, I don't want to do that. So I figured, um, who could really tie a locker room together with all these like conflicting personalities. And I thought no one would be better than Hondo Hondo his ability to keep all the, his pirates going, everything. I mean, if you can control a group of pirates and keep them on task and keep them looting and doing all the stuff you need to do, you can totally run a locker room and take care of that. And his tactics would be second to none. I mean, he's, he always comes out. Uh, he's, he outthinks everybody. So, I mean, I, I think Honda would be the best head coach for my squad. Uh, my original choice was Admiral Akbar, but I felt that I needed more of experience in my defense, and especially my and and my spine of our defense. And so I, I, I tried to look through other generals and people that really caught my attention, and I could not go wrong with Vice Admiral Holdo, right? And I think a um, person who was put in a situation in which they had to balance a lot of eagles and balance a lot of things and i think that's who i would want to manage in my team well she's got poet striker and we know what that relationship is like yep exactly i was like yeah. i needed someone to be able to get in my striker's head and just be like you know what do what i ask you to do type of thing and see that's what amazing. that works well, uh, I think we have uh, three really stellar teams here in our three-team league. Uh, two of us will get relegated. Uh, one of us will stay up because uh, that's how it works in, in that universe or something. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back.
All right, welcome back to the 55-1 podcast. Uh, we have totally nerded out more than anyone has ever expected on this show. Uh, so we're going to get to some of our listener <laughs> questions. Uh, right. I, you know, that was a pretty if good... If you're still listening Yeah, if, if you're still listening and uh, we're getting to your questions now, uh, we're just going to go through them. So at Andy Lettuce, Andy Call, uh, if somebody could explain exactly what the plan was at the beginning of Return of the Jedi... With the whole Jabba Han and Carbonite slash Leia showing up as the bounty hunter thing, I think it'll help me understand the 433. Does anybody have any idea what he's talking about? Um, much like the 433, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense at all. And you just shouldn't do it. So, yeah, it, it was a terrible plan. Um, and um, and basically, the plan result. I don't know if anyone, I mean, you got to be really up to date on your bad batch, but basically Luke Skywalker murdered Moochie. I'm just putting, throwing this out here right now. Is that the we, whole we plan ended up with we Luke Skywalker know. murdering Moochie? We don't know. We don't know if that is the same rancor. Oh, the, I mean, the whole age thing, it all seems to work out. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, how many rancors does one guy need? I have no idea. Nobody no, I mean, did, did you see any other Rancors uh, in Jabba's palace? No. No, exactly, because he had Moochie. Once you have something as lovable and adorable as Moochie, you don't need to get a second one. I just want Moochie's owner's backstory. That's all I want. Yeah. Just that guy that's just like covered in mud and right. just... Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be like a, like a Facebook post. I've lost my Moochie. I hope <laughs> me find it. <laughs> And like all of a sudden, people are reposting it every help me find Moochie. Oh. Last scene, last scene, last yeah. scene eating eating garbage at you know I don't know some all sort right. of switch waste places. Like uh, uh, up next, we got blasted in the face by Bebelo Reynoso, uh, our friend wait. and uh, compatriot, uh, Texas Zeller, David Zeller. Why is Adrian Heath worse than Grand Moff Tarkin, who is the MLS's Grand Admiral Thrawn, and why is it still Tata Martino? Uh, we're not answering any questions from David Zeller at this time. Uh, Nate Pence asks, would the Empire support promotion <laughs> and relegation? Uh, uh, oh, uh, no, no. Well, they, they would, but it would definitely be like uh, a European Super League thing where like 15 teams are guaranteed and like two get to come and go. And that's it. Like you, I, I don't, there, there'd be way, to, there'd be enough to keep the people happy, but not enough to make them satisfied. Yeah. So, cause, cause the governors all have control of their regional federations now, direct control and fear will keep those federations in line. Yep. Um, so we're thinking, yeah, they would do promotion. They would be totally for pro rel, uh, but it would be in a controlled environment and they would get to decide who goes up and goes down. Exactly. Are we thinking that's about right? I think that's about right. Uh, Looney shark. Great record collection, apparently, allegedly. Uh, what yeah. position would K2SO from Rogue One, the, our favorite droid, uh, what position would K2SO play and why it is a snarky axe murdering six? Anybody have any? Would he, would he be anything else other than a six? I mean, a setter back. That's the way I would put it, too. Someone who's deadly and jack of all trades and is willing to do what it needs to be done in order to do, you know, keep things afloat i mean the only difference between That's a center back and a six is about 20 or 30 feet right yeah, pretty much <laughs> there's, a, there's a joke in there somewhere uh uh i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do this in uh, uh spanish uh total brillante maybe maybe total we'll, we'll see how it goes uh a couple of comments here gray goose should definitely not bullseye a womp or definitely could not yeah, def Grey Goose could definitely not bullseye a Womp Rat in his T-16. First of all, good luck getting Grey Goose into a T-16. Exactly. Uh, Harrison Heath will come back to redeem his father and turn him into a good coach. A strong parallel with Return of the Jedi. You are giving Harrison Heath way too much credit. There, there's uh, also, there also isn't a son and a father pair that actually come yeah. back and like have that kind of relationship. The closest thing is Uncle, was it Uncle Luke? No, Uncle... Uh, uh, um, Luke's uncle, uncle, uh, uh, Baru is, 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 is his aunt. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. It doesn't matter. They drank blue milk and they're dead now. <laughs> um, well, first of all, like, well, here, here's my question about this. Who is whinier 16 year old Luke Skywalker or Harrison Heath? Actually, you know what I was thinking when we were doing the lineups and like, we had like bench optional, like <laughs> players that none of us did. Um, I was going to have, um, Anakin Skywalker from the first 
60 minutes of episode two, like the really whiny Anakin Skywalker as, oh, Obi-Wan, you won't let me do anything. He was going to be like my Harrison Heath on the bench who just bitches and complains (laughs) and will like just (laughs) randomly pull out a lightsaber and like slash somebody and then you get a red card and get sent off. He just uh, like, can you imagine like, first of all, Anakin Skywalker can't walk out with the kids at the beginning of the game because he's like, Ooh, younglings. Like they, that's why they're outlawed Uh in this universe. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen and Aunt Yeah. Like Owen, like, just call him like Tristan or Damien. Like it's fine. Uh, at eight Geats gates is Chewbacca center back or a target center forward. I had Chewie as a center back, but yeah. is there an argument for a, for a target center forward? Yeah. I mean, like he said, does like, have a name. Yeah. And also he could totally be like the Michael Boxel role where he like, again, steps up on like corner kicks and set pieces. And he's the, like the giant guy yeah, in there be, trying to put him in great and set pieces. And his finishing I mean, will be terrible because you know, Chewie looks like he'd be not a great finisher. And, um, and he'll look, he'll get very mad and go every time he misses and it'll be great. It's just literally, he's just like Michael box. And he would just, I mean, he literally would be offsides all the time just for the fact of, of his fur. Yeah. It would just be like out of control when he's moving it. It could just be everywhere. So like, it'd be like, and 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 Va would be like, yeah, that's we we don't know where his actual part, where his body actually starts. You can't separate it from the fur, so they have to pinpoint it from the fur. So that's why. Uh, yeah. Your therapist says was Han offside when he shot first? Uh, for one, correct. Um, Han did shoot first. Like, let's just get that clear. There is no mm-hmm. other uh, timeline. Um, and even if he was offside. Han Solo has already paid off the VAR. No, no, make- no. It was a long time ago before there was VAR. Oh, okay. Okay, so so when yeah. Han shot first, it was before VAR. Mm-hmm. So he was able to... Uh, so, But here's a question. Was he... Was the ref on his smuggler team? I feel like the ref is just the bartender, right? Yeah, like, like he's we, just the one like, there who's we like we don't serve your kind here. Like, yeah, like racist he, droid motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, he's not. Again, he's like me. He's not a droid, right? I was, I was gonna whatsoever. make. I was gonna make a, a hand of God reference of, of like why he like Han shoot. Did it? Did, did Han Solo shoot first? I was like, did did Maradona score with his head or with his hand? That's the question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Nick the Dosh Dosh. Uh, who has a better chance of getting of getting a shot on target? Minnesota United or Stormtroopers? <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, a man, tough one. I actually sat down and tried to do the math of it because we eventually have, you know, um, only eleven players that can shoot, right? Yeah. But there's endless stormtrooper. So, do you want quality over quantity? Eventually, quantity is going to overrule. But like, what are the parameters that we are we're, we we're creating this social experiment? Like, like, are we talking? How if many stormtroopers? If, if it's it, all the stormtroopers, then they're going to have more shots than on. Uh, yeah, than we I mean will. they'll have more shots on target just because of the sheer the sheer quantity. Um, I think you know twenty seven twenty eighteen Minnesota United. I mean honestly, really like any Minnesota United at various points throughout the season are just total stormtroopers can't can't get anything on target uh, to save their life and uh, and they don't because then they get hit with a rock uh, by an Ewok and uh, that kills them apparently. Um, Bill Lindeke, our good friend, uh, a follow-up. Uh, if Adrian Heath is to soccer as Herb Alpert is to jazz, what instrument would he play in a bar in Tatooine? Does anyone want to take that? Okay, Mike, go for it. You have the list um, of the obscure Star Wars yeah, instruments. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, a valacord is what. It's basically... Yeah, I don't even know what it is. It's talked about a lot. Um, it, it, it feels like it's like might be like a Casio keyboard or, yeah, or like a like kinda. a harpsichord. Yes. Yeah. Adrian, he feels like he'd be one of those guys that would like take one of those oboe looking things from one of those alien dudes in the cantina. I mean, well, first yeah, of all, Adrian it, Heath wouldn't be in the cantina because it doesn't serve like the crisp white wine that he prefers. So. No, and I, I, should say, I should say I'm actually kind of disappointed I, with the Star Wars instruments. They all seem to be woodwinds or drums. Like there's not any, there's not a whole lot of in between as far as Star Wars well, instruments go. Like there are some guitars, but 
I, I've yet to find the name for one. Yeah, they're never mentioned. They're just like background, like, oh yeah, we'll just put a guitar in the back. And like, but all the good instruments are either horns or woodwinds or drums. Like they don't really expand too much, which is a little bit disappointing. Which which really plays into Herb Albert's box, right? I mean, that's exactly. what he does. It's uh Star Wars is like jazz. Um, it's about the uh it's about the systems you don't destroy. And uh I think <laughs> with that uh we're gonna end it there uh wes if you're listening uh we miss you yeah we'll see you next week uh or in a couple of weeks minnesota united they they play away at dallas on i think june june 18th june 19th then they play uh home in austin or home against austin uh one thing we do want to mention uh before we go is that the euros will be starting and the black heart will be open for all of them quit your job and uh and and go is that what you wanted west you wanted us yeah. to say quit your job or or don't get an or don't get one or don't get one or don't get one yeah either um, quit your job or don't get don't, one you know if you need to work remotely you can work remotely from the bar they have pretty decent wi-fi uh but the black heart uh will be open for all of the euro matches please go there and support the bar uh we love it um and that's about all we got. Uh, join the Patreon if you want to get in on the Slack channel to, uh, to you know, debrief and workshop a lot of these nerdy Star Wars questions. Maybe we'll do, uh, you know, we'll do other some sort of fantasy world uh, next year. We'll see what happens. It's, it's not happening. It's, it's not going to happen. Next time there's a... Next time there's a three-week international break, we're going to get into the Marvel Expanded right. Universe. Oh, so. my God. It's going to be just ridiculous and talking about how the X-Men are going to be uh, uh, folded into the MCU. But anyway, that's it for us. Uh, I'm Corey Shreppel. We got Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Mark Fangmeyer. Uh, we will be back with something at some point in this international break. <laughs> at some time. At some time. Same, same bat time channel thing. Uh, thank you all for listening and uh, we'll see you soon. Vamanos! Vamanos!